but uh, uh, there are things that the Lord would say to us that I think we need to pray, Lord, give us ears to hear. Because I'm convinced there are things the Lord, many things, like the Lord said in John 16, there are many things that I want to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. I've asked the Lord to allow me the strength to bear whatever He has to say to me. Sometimes what the Lord has to say to you doesn't feel too good. I'm not saying that's going to be the tenor of this message today. But Jesus says there are some things that we're not ready to receive that we need to to, uh, strive, to desire to receive them. And then in John 16, he goes on to say, I'll send the Holy Ghost to you. I can't say it to you now, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he'll guide you. And then he'll speak to you what he hears. That means the Holy Ghost is the conduit between Jesus and me. Now, it doesn't mean we believe in a trinity or anything like that. But the Spirit that is in me speaks only what it hears Jesus say. So if I'm not ready to hear it, even the Holy Spirit cannot speak in my life. I want the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me. And so it was uh, this week that I felt very strongly. In fact, I couldn't get away from it. And I asked the Lord if I should share it today. And now's not the time. But uh, he did prepare me to prepare you to receive uh, what he's saying to us. Thank you, uh, young people and saints of God that just ministered to us in such a wonderful way. But emphatically, the Holy Spirit said to me, uh, as in Acts chapter 10, where Peter has preached a message in Pentecost, of Pentecost, he's experienced uh, great things. And in Acts chapter 10, he has fallen into a trance. He's getting ready to eat. And as a preacher, sometimes we get into a level of, rela- of revelation with God that we too are in a trance and uh, we're not in the real world. Some... <laughs> and uh, the Lord had to awaken Peter The Lord had to speak to Peter in a very distinct way. And in Acts chapter 10, the Lord says to Peter, Peter, do not call something common that I have called clean. And I begin to search my heart for the things that I have called common that God has called clean. His blood cleanses us from all sin. Everybody I run into tomorrow is, gonna, is a child of God. The children of God are not just in this room right now. But that man standing on the street corner, that lawyer who's sitting in the Starbucks, that unwed mother of three, don't call common what I've called clean. Now, I know the, the journey of their salvation as well as mine may not be complete, but Lord, give me an attitude adjustment. Give all of us as apostolics an attitude adjustment. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? So with that in mind, the Lord led me uh, to something that I believe is very important. I believe greater revelation and experience in God for this as you heard last week we are going to press we press on somebody say amen I want as you heard Wednesday night if you weren't, don't miss a service folks you'll miss something if you miss a service 
Wednesday night, the Lord spoke to us about being fearful, being concerned, lest the promise left to us go unclaimed. I want everything God has for me. And the best thing I have to offer this world is not a seminary degree or not a preaching class, not a book on theology that I've read, not a management or leadership seminar that I've attended, but this world needs the fruit of my walk with God. The fruit of my walk with God. Not just a doctrine. They need to see a doctrine with skin on. They want to see a revelation with skin on. They want me to walk with God. Somebody say amen. So Sister Sherry's going to stay there. I'm going to share with you what God has shared with me. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated for just a moment. And as helpful as degrees can be, you can keep on playing, Sister Sherry. As helpful as preaching can be, as helpful as theological uh, doctrine can be, as helpful as seminars can be, all these things are really just the spokes on the wheel. They are never the hub of the wheel. They are tools, they are blessings. That's why Dwight L. Moody said he would rather learn how to pray than to preach. Pray. For Jesus' disciples never asked him to teach them how to build a church. They never asked him to teach them how to be effective teachers. They didn't ask him to teach them how to win the lost. They did not ask him to teach them how to be a better leader. They ask him, Lord, teach us to pray. So the Lord led me to Jeremiah 6, verse 16. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Also, I have set watchmen over you saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. So for a moment, let me share with you what I've entitled the old path of prayer. The old path of prayer. This church in Acts chapter 2 began in a prayer meeting. We should never stray too far from it. This church specifically began in a prayer meeting. I pray we not stray too far from it. Prayer is our life strength spiritually. What makes an old path? What makes an old path? Well, it's persistence. You won't ever beat out a path going a different direction every day. A path is a well-worn, persistent direction. It says... I'm going to keep walking on this way. I'm not going to move to the left nor to the right. Our postal lady has worn an indention in my front yard because every day from the neighbor's house to mine, she takes the same path. Your cows get into the barn, you'll notice it. They eventually beat out a path to the feed trough. That's because a path is made by somebody being persistent. I think we ought to keep on praying. The old path of prayer. A path 
It's not only about persistence. It's about endurance. It's about doing the same thing every day the same way. Think about it. There are roads that you're going to take getting home. Those roads probably started as a path. You've been on some roads. If you go to Branson, the southern route through southeast Missouri, you'll wonder how they made that road. You'll say, they must have followed an ox cart through here. Well, sometimes the ox knows where the road ought to go. The road is there because it has endured. This is the best route. We could go over the mountain. We could go under the mountain. But this is the best route over time. Lord, keep us on the old path of prayer. An old path is made by habit. Everybody say habit. It's a behavior. It is a custom. You say, oh, we don't want customs. Oh, I think the habit of prayer is a good habit. Talking about what our habits might be, you might have a habit of getting upset. I think a better habit is prayer. So let's throw out the idea that we can't have any customs. I think prayer ought to be one of our old paths. It ought to be a path we're familiar with. I wasn't raised in these days, but I'm sure there was a well-beaten path from the back porch of the old, uh, the old wood cl- uh, sh- uh, shack house. I bet there was a path to a very uh, common place that everybody needed. It was called the outhouse. Now, people did a lot of different stuff when they got in there. But one thing's for sure, there was a path to that place that you could probably follow in the middle of the night. There probably was a path you could follow in the middle of a rainstorm. God help us not ever to lose the old path of prayer. Not only is an old path made with persistence and endurance and habit, it's made by direction. Constant progression to a certain goal. It represents a tendency, a trend. I think a trend in this church ought to be it's a prayerful church. I don't think we ought to be reminded every 90 days that prayer is important. I think there ought to be a certain direction for all of our lives that only beats a path out for prayer. Another thing that beats a path out is unity. Everybody say unity. Yeah? It's because we're all different people, but we're all walking the same path. That's what creates an old path, unity. Going to the same thing. And something else that makes a path is it's past the test. This is the best way. I know there may be ways you want to Discover or at least investigate, but the, there's a reason there's a path here. It's because it's the best way. It's been tested by experience. Prayer. There is perhaps no greater evidence that human beings act according to, the, to their own self-interest than the fact that we spend so little time talking to the one who said he made us and he loves us. 
An amazingly high percentage of Americans say they believe in God, but most can't find the time or the inclination to mutter much more than an occasional request or small favor to the Lord. That's the God they say they believe in. Let me ask you to ask yourself something. Why do we spend much of our time speaking about God and a lot less of our time speaking to God? Have you ever noticed that our quietest service, and it is a service, and rest assured if you're missing it, you're missing a service. Have you noticed that our quietest service is Monday night prayer meeting? Have you noticed that? Does it bother you? That in this environment we can sing about God, talk about God, preach about God, tell each other how good God is, but when it comes time to talk directly to God, nothing to say. Why is that? I think it ought to be a matter of concern to us that we have more to say about God than we have to say to God. Help me, Lord. Many are in love with the idea of praying. In fact, in order to learn to love to pray, as opposed to loving the idea of praying, one must experience the feeling that happens when you're praying. That God is hearing you. For serious praying is not a special gift. It's not even primarily a responsibility. Prayer is not a gift, and it's not a responsibility. It is my privilege. Man, I want you to think about that. You're an American citizen. I went this past week to a shooting range in St. Louis and I saw a bunch of other, you know, uh, second amenders in there and that, that's, that's very important to our freedom. But you know what? Our freedom says I have the privilege to own a gun, carry a gun if my state passes that law. Can I get a witness? You know what? If the law says I have that privilege, it's not just a gift And it's not a responsibility. It's my privilege. Somebody say amen. It is my privilege to speak to the creator of the universe. That's not a responsibility. That's a great privilege. I've been invited to talk with the one that created this world. Man, why do I even need an invitation? If he asked me to pray, then why do not I think it's a wonderful privilege and honor to carry my needs to God in prayer. A.J. Gordon wrote, you can do more than pray after you have prayed. But you can never do more than pray until you have prayed. God's call to Abraham, when he called Abraham, let me ask you, why didn't God just say, Abraham, here's where I want you to go and here's where I want you to do? You know why God didn't tell Abraham where to go? Because God knows all of us too well. And he knows that if he has, if he delivers the plan and the place to us, we'll be so intent on getting there that we won't take him with us. The only way we're going to take him with us is if we keep needing him to tell us where we're going. The Lord said to Abraham, 
get out of your, leave your kindred and leave your country and go to a place that I will show you. You see, if God shows us now, we're just off on the trip. We're just wanting to get there. But if he never tells us where we're going, then tomorrow I'm going to need an update. Lord, where are we going today? Anybody hearing what I'm saying? So we need God far more than we need a plan or a place. That's why we pray. What does God have planned for this church in 2018? Thank you, Brother Kyle, for opening this service and saying, you know what? I don't want to get to the end of the year and say, man, it flew by. I want to get to the end of the year and say, man, what a productive year. That's why we get so exhausted when we are trying to do things without really praying. You see, we need God far more than we need where we're going or what we're going to do. See, if we lose Him, we lose the way. In fact, I, I hasten here, author and pastor Ben Patterson, and I think I've shared this story, but let me share it again as I hurry to close today. He made this statement, it took nearly seven years, seven years for me to lose confidence in myself. Now that struck my attention. He went on to say, I suffered two ruptured discs in the lumbar region of my back and then he thought, well, I guess he, he couldn't, it couldn't even hardly stand. In fact, he was just about flat on his back trying to recover. And he makes this statement. He said, I guess I thought I would get a lot of reading done, but because of the pain meds, he couldn't focus. He said he couldn't lay in bed, so he spent six weeks on the floor. He said a trip to the bathroom was a race against his bladder and his capacity for pain. He says he couldn't preach, he couldn't teach, he couldn't make calls, he couldn't even attend church. All he could do was lay on the floor and pray. He asked his wife for a church directory with pictures so he could pray for every member every day. So he'd just lay on the floor and pray. And very quickly these times of prayer became very sweet. And he eventually recovered and began to preach in his local congregation again and do what he'd been called to do to shepherd people. But after he recovered, he was praying one day and said, it's too bad I don't have time to do this when I'm at work, when I'm at the office. And the Lord spoke to him. <laughs> and, and Pastor Ben says, the Lord said this, stupid you have the same 24 hours each day when you're sick as when you're well. The trouble with you, Ben, is when you're well, you think you're in charge. And when you're sick, you know you're not in charge. What he discovered, he made this statement, and I quote, Prayerlessness is the worst sin because it bespeaks as nothing else does that root of all sin." For although they knew God, neither did they glorify Him as God, nor gave Him thanks. I want 2018 to be a year where we beat down again the old path of prayer. Some say, well, it's not in my nature. I'm not into prayer. I'm just into God. Well, it's not my nature to pray. I want you to know there's no religious gene or something that you've missed that makes people enjoy the art of praying. It's just something we're privileged to do. 
If you ever been to Alaska, there's a sign on the Alaskan highway, very early in that highway, that reads, Choose your rut carefully. You'll be in it for the next 200 miles. And some of you are in a rut. Some of us are in a rut. God help us to break out of prayerlessness. People say, I don't have time to pray. Isaiah 30 says, For thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in returning the rest and rest shall you be saved in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength and you would not. But you said, No, for we flee, we will flee upon horses, therefore shall you flee. And you will ride, we will ride upon the swift, and therefore shall ye shall they that pursue you be swift. There's something very important in that verse that says, The faster you run, the faster your pursuers run. So why don't we stop? If our pursuers do what we do, why don't we stop? We'll quit being chased when we stop running. What a revelation. Why don't we just stop all this running and say, you know what? I'm not being pursued by anything. The Lord is my provider. He's my help. People say, I'm too tired to pray. Huh? Yeah, well, join the club. Who's in the tired club? Yeah. John Sanford paints a picture of this and it's a description of an old well that stood outside the front door of his family farm in New Hampshire. The water from the well was remarkably pure and cold. No matter how hot the summer or how severe the drought, the well was always a source of enjoyment and refreshment. The fateful old well was a big part of his memories. He goes on to say that years passed, he moved away, lived his life, and eventually the farmhouse was modernized, electric lights and indoor plumbing and Hot and cold water and the old well was no longer needed. In fact, it was sealed up because somebody might fall in and it might be a danger. But one day, years later, Sanford tells the story. He said, you know what? I'd like to find that old well again. I'd like to have a drink from that cold well that I remembered as a boy. So he found it. He unsealed the well and lowered a bucket for a nostalgic taste of yesteryear with a delightful bit of refreshment that he remembered. And he was shocked to discover that when the bucket got deep into the well, it hit the bone-dry ground. Perplexed, he began to ask questions to locals, folks that knew, educated folks about those kind of things. And he learned that wells of that sort were fed by hundreds of tiny underground tributaries that caused a steady flow of water. And he found out that as long as water was drawn out of the well, new water would flow in. It was always open to more because something was being drawn out. But when the water stops flowing, the rivulets clog up with mud and dirt. You see, the well dried up not because it was used too much. It dried up because it wasn't used enough. Your life is not dry because you've run so fast you have nothing left. No, your life is dry because not you've been used too much. You've not been used enough. Lord, help us to get down into that place of prayer every day. Somebody say amen. Lift your hands and love the Lord right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help us today. Help us today. Praise the Lord. I have much to say to you, but I draw to a close and I draw this 
passage in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. This coming week, we are entering into prayer week, prayer and fasting week. We, we do this very early in the year, sometimes in February. Some, uh, in yesteryears, it's been in January, and we spend time in January praying. Uh, we're going to spend a week of prayer and fasting in our uh, old auditorium this week. I encourage you to be here. I encourage you to make the effort. Everybody under the sound of my voice is welcome. Are you hearing me now? Prayer is very important. Whether you're part of this church or you're a guest here today, we're just going to spend time praying. Praying. Brother Kyle, I, I know Brother Kyle operates in the Holy Ghost, and he may have thought we were just sitting down for our weekly meeting, just kind of talking through things that were, had happened and things that were scheduled to happen. We do that every week. But on this particular week, this past week, Brother Kyle said, I've been reading a book by Ralph Cook. He said, you know, I was amazed. He said, how they used to operate in those old days. He said they were going to have a revival. And uh, for whatever reason, he said, uh, what they did in this revival, he said, for 15 weeks, they didn't have church service. They didn't have a preacher come or an evangelist or anything. 15 weeks, they had prayer every night. Do you realize how long 15 weeks is? That's a long time. Prayer every night. You'd be amazed what kind of revival broke out when God's people spent 15 weeks praying. Well, so Brother Gene, let's do that. Well, I called a pastor, or let me rephrase that. He texted me and asked me, are you having... Sunday night church on New Year's Eve night. I said, oh no, we're having Sunday morning service. We're going to let them kind of do their own thing on New Year's Eve night. He said, you know, I'm not either. He said, last year they wanted me to have New Year's Eve service and I had it and I was preaching to the walls. Sometimes we have a religious fervor that we're not willing to carry through with. Let's have a 15-week prayer meeting and no rest nights. Well, that's nice for about three nights and then the rest of you will be busy doing stuff and it'll be... You know, two or three. That's the facts. It's okay to say, you know, that's the facts. So what let's do this week, let's make up our minds that every night, to the best of our ability, I know know you work, and I, uh, there, there are some of you that I know you put in long hours for your family, and I understand that, but what about this week, dedicating ourselves to say, for five nights, we're gonna just seek God. There's people crying that need help. There's those that are addicted that need to be delivered. Oh God, help us to beat down an old path of prayer. Praying saints, praying old timers, folks that say I don't have much to do anymore. I'm hurting in my back. I'm hurting in my legs. I hurt when I sit down. I hurt when I stand up. Well, just pray. I believe God is going to move and do great things in this church, in this community. Somebody say amen. So I went to Isaiah 43 when I was closing up these notes. The Lord led me to Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 3. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. 
for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. I, I don't want to bring up any old memories, but I want to tell Brother Mac Todd, those are the very words the Lord spoke to me sitting beside Janie's bed the last day I saw her. The Lord spoke to me emphatically. Don't you worry about Janie. She is mine. I'm telling you what, there was such a release that said, you know what? She's not mine. She's not Max. She's not Becky's. She's not Michael Lynn's. She's not anybody else. She's not her family's. Ultimately, you know who owns her? The Lord owns her. That's, her. That's his child. Man, what a joy to know that we are his. Man, that, that's worth more than everything else. When the, He says, I, I redeemed you. I call you by your name and you are mine. Somebody say, turn to your neighbor and tell them, I am the Lord's. Yeah. So, because we are the Lord's, look at verse 2. I don't know what's going to happen in 2018, but don't, don't fail to remember this. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Why? For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I like that. I said, I like that. I want that to be the epitaph of 2018. The waters, we didn't go through them alone. The rivers, they didn't flood us out. The fire, it didn't burn us. Come on. I am the Lord, your Savior. And then as I read on down, those are great and wonderful words. I I love those. But as I read on down, which I want to know the rest of the story, the Lord said, oh yeah, by the way, you are mine. The rivers didn't flood you out and the fire didn't burn you. By the way, I sent Babylon. I sent trouble for your sake. See, a lot of us are saying, well, the Lord shouldn't treat me like that. Well, the Lord said, the only reason you've got trouble is because of you. I sent Babylon so that you'd wake up. I'm the one that said the fire wouldn't burn you. I'm the one that said I'd be with you through the rivers. But you didn't like just being mine. I had to send Babylon to wake you up. <laughs> For your sake, I sent Babylon. I don't know about you, but I'm, as that fellow I quoted earlier, I'm sure when you look back on your back trouble, you can say, you know, thank the Lord for the back trouble because I learned a lesson in the back trouble. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for the doctor's report because I learned a lesson when I got the doctor's report. The trouble was sent to bring me back to an old path. And then skipping on down, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but in verse 22 he says, you're mine, I redeemed you, I'm, I'm making these promises to you, but you, you know, I sent your trouble for your sake. Verse 22 but look at what they did. But thou hast not called on me, O Jacob. But thou hast been weary of me. 
Thou hast not brought me the small cattle of thy burnt offerings, neither hast thou honored me with thy sacrifices. I have not caused thee to serve with an offering, nor wearied thee with incense. Thou hast brought me no sweet cane with money, neither hast thou filled me with the fat of thy sacrifices. In other words, (laughs) you've forgotten me. I'm the one that brought you to where you are. You have no sacrifice for me any longer. Well, I've decided, I've made up my mind, I'm going to go every day to a place of sacrifice with the Lord. Lord, bring me to that old path of prayer where you can talk to me and change me because I need to be changed. You got anything to offer the Lord today? I know your life's busy. I know you lot got a lot going on. This week, I'm sure it's going to be busy. I think, I think it'd be good for us today to dedicate our hearts to say, you know what, this week, I'm going to join in the most important revival this church is going to have in 2018. I want to tell you something. I'll say it, and probably Nick Mahaney would agree with me. I don't know, probably. I know he would because he's scared of me. I know he's been in prison and cut people and, and shot at people, but he's scared of me. Nick Mahaney's not the greatest revival we're going to have in 2018. Holy Ghost services and kids' church are not the greatest revival we're going to have in 2018. Some preacher coming and preaching is not the greatest revival we're going to have in two, I want to tell you, the, the greatest revival we're going to have this year starts tomorrow night. It starts tomorrow night. I've had people say, Brother Gene, why don't we have a revival where you preach? No, we don't need any preaching. All we need to do is what the Lord says to do. I've made promises to you that I would bring you through, but you didn't have any sacrifice for me. So this week, we're going to get back to the old altar of prayer, and we're going to seek the Lord while he may be found. We're going to pray. Somebody say amen. Because there's people, as Sister Heather and her team depicted so beautifully, there's people in our community that need the Lord. Somebody say amen. I'm praying for greater revival. Uh, it's a, and, and I don't have, I'm not going to share it all with you because the Lord put a, I said, Lord, I can't get away from this. How can I not talk about it today? And he said, no, it's not time. Don't, don't say anything about it. So I know God's doing a work in me personally, and I want him to keep doing it. But I want us to be ready to receive what the Lord has for us. So would you stand right now and, and let's, this, I know you say, well, is anybody going to get baptized today? Well, you know what we're going to do today? We're going to make a commitment to prayer. Let's do that. And right now, would you just, as the singers come, we're going to close this service with worship. And we're going to ask the Lord to complete in us what he started in this service. There's been a wonderful time of worship. There's been a wonderful challenge in the spirit. But right now, we're going to ask God to seal this. So would you in your own way pray, God, help me this week to be a part of one of the greatest revivals we're going to experience in 2018. Come on right now. Say, Lord, I'm going to dedicate myself to prayer.